Hello and welcome to Bar Afrique, the show where we tell the unexplored stories of African independence. I'm Lynn Tala. And I'm Sarah Masiwa. And Lynn and I have spent many a night with a cocktail in hand talking oh. about African decolonization. So we figured why not make a podcast out of it. All right, well, let's jump into the story for today. Hello and welcome to Bara Freak, the podcast where we tell the unexplored stories of African independence over a drink or five. We haven't reached five yet. You haven't so, had five drinks yet? No, no I feel like the haven't. most, we're like pretty, we're pretty mellow. Yeah. The most you've gotten to is what, three? In an episode? Three. Yeah, three. Hey, you know what? Records are made to be broken. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> challenge accepted. He said, today uh, is the day. <laughs> <laughs> when Jesus said, yes. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm joined by my co-host, Lynn. Hello. And goodness who's um our first return guest i'm a returner i come back um and i think we'll give you the privilege this time of introducing yourself i get the privilege of introducing myself yes because i boomeranged because i came back around sure Sure. do you like this hand motion for the privilege is about to be taken away hi all my name is goodness i'm a nigerian canadian uh coming down to the states to hang out with these two lovely ladies i love it i'm so excited that's all i got welcome back Amazing. Um, we're also drinking Abisola whiskey today. Abisola whiskey was founded um, by Abisola Abidemi, who is Nigerian, um, based in the U.S. She's in her 20s. Shop. Yeah. So she's, she's like our age. Um, and she has this whiskey brand. And she kind of wants to modernize whiskey as a drink, make it more accessible to women, I don't know why we gave you this. <laughs> <laughs> this seems, oh this, until this I very moment, um, it's all, yeah, her whole thing is that like whiskey should be more accessible to women and it should be more modern. I've um, only started getting on the whiskey grind, you know? And it was an ex-manager, it was a woman manager who I used to have who put me on. She was like, yes, she's yeah. like, whiskey's a good drink, you should get to it. And I was like, yeah, she says, it's a clean, you get one, two in you, you're feeling yourself, you're feeling it, you get the confidence. Because I'm feeling this one. Oh, you are? Well, oh, yeah. the one that we're drinking, we're starting with a cocktail today, and we're drinking um, a, I don't know what it's called. Just make up a name. Abisola's Seltzer Cocktail. <laughs> Tell us what's Copyrighted. It. Um, it is um, seltzer water or sparkling water um, with a dash of lemon, Slices of cucumber, um, a little bit of mint, and then yeah, Abisola whiskey. So refreshing. Oh, cool. no cheers. To Abisola, women and whiskey. Yeah. That's so strong. Yeah. Oof. Hmm. For the strong stories we're about to tell. Yeah, it is. Um, on that note, sorry, you're pouring more whiskey. This is, I'm sorry, this is the strongest whiskey I've ever had. That's what I would and say. And he's, you're going to pump. Okay, cool. So goodness is having five Mine. shots in one drink. Cool. Gotcha. (laughs) On that note, let's get started. Lynn is taking us through a story today. Yes, today I am taking us to Angola. We will be talking about the Angolan Civil War, which began in 1975. I regret my whoop whoop. It was too early. You little poorly time. I take it back. I retract. Please continue. Really uncivil comment. (laughs) (laughs) So basically... The Angolan Civil War began in 1975 and continued 
with interludes until 2002. Interludes? What is this, a Drake album? Plural? You'll, you'll see. Um, 27 years these they were fighting. 27 years of civil war. I don't know. That's crazy to me. But it immediately began after, the, after Angola got um, independence from Portugal in November 1975. Who lost in this World Cup to South Korea. There we go. <laughs> okay. And so moving on, the war was a power struggle between two former anti-colonial guerrilla movements. The Communist People's Movement for the Liberation of Angola, MPLA, and the turned anti-communist National Union for the Total Independence of Angola called UNITA. And so the war was also used as a surrogate battleground for the Cold War by rival states such as the Soviet Union, Cuba, South Africa, and the United States. So first I wanna start with talking about the three um, anti-colonial guerrilla movements that were um, fighting for Angolan independence. The first one, the MPLA, um, established in the 1950s and was primarily an urban-based movement in Luanda, the capital. During the Civil War, it was led by a man named Agostino Neto. During its anti-colonial struggle of, between 1962 and 1974, the MPLA was supported by several African countries, as well oh. as by the Soviet Union. Um, Cuba became MPLA's strongest ally, sending significant contingents of combat and support personnel to Angola. They also received support from Yugoslavia, um, who gave them financial military support, including $14 million in 1977. Today, that's about $67 million. Okay, so just to be clear. Yes. There's three different sides. Choose your fighter. There's three fighters. So this is what it is. There are actually two fighters in the Angolan Civil War, but there were three guerrilla movements. So this oh. second guerrilla movement that I'm going to be talking about, the FNLA, they weren't really... Um, very important in the civil war because when it when the civil war started they kind of disintegrated with three guerrilla movements at the same time yes we're groups guerrilla groups guerrilla 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 groups groups groups, movements kind of um were fighting for angolan independence at the same time wait oh oh yeah and so the fnla was also established in the 1950s hmm. i'm not going to say much about them because they weren't as important in the civil war but they did disintegrate when the civil war began okay so the second most important um guerrilla movement during the civil war was unita and it was founded by jonas Sav- savimbi in 1966 who until then was Good actually year. a prominent leader in the fnla and with the onset of the civil war the united states decided that they were going to support unita and considerably augmented their aid to UNITA in the decades that also followed. So you got Cuba packing, backing the one girl. MPLA, yeah. MPLA. And then we got U.S. backing the, the UNITA, new girl. Yeah. UNITA, yeah. UNITA, the second, the yeah. up-and-comer. And then the other ones disintegrated. Disintegrated. And the other, just no no support. No support. They, they basically disintegrated because they weren't really well organized. Okay, so here I'm beginning with the origins of the Civil War. So okay. what happened is that like these three guerrilla movements, they met with the Portuguese government oh, after they gained the, independence. Before the third one disintegrated. Disintegrated. Okay, okay. Yeah. And so the three of them met with the Portuguese government and they, they signed the Alvor Agreement, which basically said, which granted Angola independence and provided for a three-way power sharing government. Okay. Oh. Nobody wanted that. They, they didn't want that. No one wants a three-way. No one wants a three. No oh, one wants God, a threesome. Oh God, I did not mean to. Um, no one wants a threesome. And you know what? 
He's right. They didn't want they that. They really don't. They really don't. I'm just, let's just talk about it. So they, they want, so basically they I feel like you want to talk about it. I just mean <laughs> someone is going to be backed by Cuba. Someone is going to be backed by America. And someone is going to be disintegrated on the side. <laughs> and that's basically what happened. So what happened. they had no trust between each other. One was communist the other one disintegrated and the one the other one became very much anti-communist so then the civil war basically became a battle about who was actually going to take power of angola and the civil war i like to say is a war in three acts a war in three acts and so the first act, act one act one 1975 See. to 1991 wow. so the MPLA managed to win the initial phase of conventional fighting during the summer of 1975 with a lot of support from the Soviet Union and the Cuban government. So they were able to oust the FNLA from Luanda and became the de facto Angolan government. That's when the FNLA basically disintegrated. Mm. And so as it's also important to note that the Angolan Civil War was happening during the Cold War. Um, and it also became and it became battleground as the superpowers, you know, the U.S. and the Soviet Union and their allies delivered military assistance to their preferred clients. Here's my issue, though. Why is it called the Cold War? Cold War. <laughs> Cold War. When all of these. Don't when they're, say I'm it. just saying they're fighting in so many warm places. <laughs> And they're calling it the Cold War and they're not even, you know what This I mean? is why we bring you on because of your, like, astute. <laughs> <laughs> your highly intelligent. It was the Cold War in Vietnam. Commentary. It's the Cold War in Angola. And these are all very human clients. Honestly. I just mean, like, where is the Cold War in Russia? Where is the Cold War in Norway? It wasn't happening there. They were doing a lot of these proxy wars in African countries during this time. I know it's, um, I know it was the Soviets. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, you know, like, they didn't, they didn't fight the Cold War on their own soil. So, so. Exactly. And Subterfuge, so but maybe. Who knows? When NATO, who was the MPLA leader, um, he announced that, Angolan independence was going to be on November 11th, 1975. The Portuguese troops that remained in the country were basically withdrawn. And so during that month Portugal as well... Portugal just withdrew. Just withdrew. November 11th, 1975. They, they didn't... They Say didn't bye. fight. No, they just took their troops out because of the agreement that they had signed with the three um, guerrilla movements. Mm. So when M the MPLA leader was like, this is the day that our independence is going to be, they just basically took the troops out. Your lease is up. Basically, they said, get out. And they actually got out. Interesting. Yeah. And so before November 11th, the MPLA had negotiated with Castro um, for assistance. And at the same time, UNITA, which enjoyed U.S. support, approached the apartheid government in South Africa for military reinforcement. Yikes. Fun fact. I mean, not fun. But the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Really fun, but the U.S. government had actually encouraged the South African intervention, but tried to act like they didn't. Like they tried to downplay their involvement um, in pushing UNITA to ask for South African apartheid help. They didn't want to be like, "We set you up." Yeah, they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to like... be known that they did that. And basically, like four years later, the MPLA, MPLA leader NATO he died, and so MPLA was then led by another how man. How did he named... die? Do we know how he died? No, he just died. Oh, he wasn't assassinated? No, 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 none of that. <laughs> Did you want him to be? Just a little of excitement. <laughs> a little excitement would have been nice. <laughs> I'm just being like, look, like... Some light assassination. Last time I was here, CDG just got sick. <laughs> and I was disappointed with that, frankly. 
could have still been assassinated. Is that what you wanted? (laughs) Exciting. (laughs) Good, good story. Good story. Good story. Good story. Do it for the plot. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, um, then MPLA was led by a man named Jose Eduardo dos Santos. The war escalated considerably between 1985 and 1987 as increased international military support on both sides really changed the capacity of both armed groups. So in this case, the MPLA yes, was getting support from Cuba, Cuba and Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah. And UNITA was getting support from the U.S. Okay. Um, and Savimbi, who is the leader of, the, of UNITA, developed really close relations with influential American conservatives who saw Savimbi as a key ally in the U.S. effort to oppose and roll back Soviet-backed undemocratic governments around the world. Again, they were anti-communist, basically. Okay. (laughs) And so MPLA was also getting a lot of money from the Soviets. I'm talking about like an additional billion dollars. And Cuba was sending them a lot of troops. Like these lines were really drawn. Like you knew exactly which Western powers were allying with um, which guerrilla movement at that point. And as the war escalated, so did a number of civilian casualties. Oh, my God. Many accounts suggest that the conflict was largely fought with conventional forces and with efforts to move civilians out of the main battlefields. So a lot of civilians who were killed were treated as collateral damage. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, that's really bad. And on August 8th, this is the first ceasefire. And on August 8th, 1988, a ceasefire was negotiated and declared after each side had continued to claim but they had like one victory over the other. And <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a couple that keep scoring. It's a couple that keep scoring. If you're keeping score, you're not gonna put a piece. You're not gonna mm. put a piece. Exactly. And so representatives from both MPLA, Cuba, and South Africa signed the New York Accord, which basically ended the direct involvement of foreign troops in the Civil War. So what it said is that Cuba had to stop sending troops and take and, their troops out. And then the Soviet had to stop. And the U.S., U.S. And the U.S. Money. and South Africa also had to stop sending sending troops. Like, they couldn't send troops. But they could still send money. They could still send money. Hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. And so, and so, at the same time that this was happening. We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll and find then, out. like, after this happened, President Mobutu from the Congo, he um, basically decided that it was time for both guerrilla groups to find some sort of peace. Okay. And he during, said couples counselor. So he's kind yeah. of like a goodish guy in this scenario. Like he's Good like trying to ish, mediate. Yeah, he's trying to mediate, okay. trying to make sure, trying to get them to stop fighting. So he invited 18 other African leaders. He invited Savimbi from UNITA and Dos Santos to his palace um, to That's sign fair. for more negotiations. And so basically Savimbi and Dos Santos were meeting for the first time too at this yeah. with um, oh, okay. the president of Congo. And they agreed to another ceasefire on July 2nd, paving the way for future, you know, peace agreements. However, well, yeah. Only one thing that'll stop Africans from fighting. More Africans. <laughs> it's the truth. What? More eyes. What does that even what mean? That mean? More eyes. I just mean, like, how many times have you really seen, like, African couples, like, show out in the presence of company? <laughs> in the presence of company. I'm serious. The second, <laughs> the second, the second two or more family friends. Mm. Like, your parents won't beat you there. <laughs> your parents won't beat you there. They'll beat you at home. <laughs> They'll beat you at home. You can be wild as much, as much as you want. 
they were like, they're like, we will suffer embarrassment before we embarrass ourselves. So what you're trying to say is that they seized fire because he called eighteen other eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they seized fire because he called eighteen other eyes. He said, "Look at them. <laughs> Look at them." But Make one sure. of those eyes, the president of Zambia, basically declared that. With this agreement, Savimbi, who was the leader of UNITA, had agreed to leave Angola and go into exile. Ah. But Savimbi and the U.S. government disputed that. Wait, I'm sorry. So there's a ceasefire and the agreement is that one of the leaders has to go into exile. So the that's what the leader. president of Zambia at the time was alleging. That that had also like been part after the ceasefire. After the ceasefire, he was alleging that Savimbi from Unita had also agreed that he would go into exile. But Savimbi was like, "No, no I, I didn't, didn't say that." <laughs> and then that's when everything started to go downhill again in August 1989 because Dos Santos from MPLA did he do this on purpose? Or was this that's the thing. Yeah, I, or was nobody it just knows. Like, he had just said that. Oh, that was part of the agreement, but. No one else knows Bro. knows that. But oh my gosh, this what if all of this happened because the president of Zambia was just like trying to cause chaos? No, he was just asleep in the note. <laughs> he was just asleep in the meeting. He slept in the meeting and then he went, huh? Yeah, no. I heard like, didn't, didn't Bob say? Didn't Bob say he was going to do that? Didn't Bob? Like, like, I would do it. Like, I would. And then he made it personal. He's like, if it was me. He's like, my friend, I, if yeah. I were you, if I were you, if I was in your position. Basically. I'd be too ashamed. I would leave. But at the same time. I wouldn't let people tell me to exile. I would leave. I would exile myself. <laughs> and at the same that time. Is, that's literally it. starkly accurate. That's exactly what happened. Honestly, that could have been what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and so at the same time, Dos Santos from MPLA was complaining that the U.S. and South Africa just kept giving more and more money to UNITA. And then everybody just kept getting mad at each, at, at each other. And Savimbi was like, UNITA's not going to abide by the ceasefire anymore. So they're just going to continue fighting. So the MPLA government responded to Savimbi's statement by moving troops into um, UNITA-occupied Mavinga, which is a province mm. in Angola. And basically, this started to cause more trouble. And the ceasefire ended with Dos Santos and the U.S. government blaming each other for the resumption of this armed conflict. They basically just started fighting again. The ceasefire was basically completely useless. They just started fighting all over again. All over again, you know. And yeah. so Act 2 of this war begins in 1992 um, with the MPLA transitioning their government from a communist state, rejecting um, their Marxist-Leninism that they had before, oh, which wow. basically favored a one-party system mm. um, that reject that was very anti-capitalist, and they moved from that to a democratic state as they started to win more, you know, military battles. So they changed their whole ideology. Yes, the MPLA completely from changed, being like communist, one-party system, anti-capitalist to a democratic one because they kept winning. I find that really victories. like flip floppy. Oh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> not where I thought this is going. Let's listen. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm, I like, you know, you can change your mind. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't change your mind. I just feel that if you have one leader, one and, leader, and your leader's like, we, we stand for communism. We stand for this system because it's the best system. And then five years later, they're like, we stand for this other system because it's the best system. <laughs> because they started winning more victory, like more military battles. battles. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't love that. Hey, people change. <laughs> but at the same Have time. Have some conviction. <laughs> and at the same time, Savimbi from Unita, he, it was alleged that he had killed people within his own party and movement. To make that the he change. Saw as his, which he saw as a threat to his leadership. Uh, hey, or man. questioning his strategic course. This is like Biz School 101. This is the get kill, the wrong people off people. the bus and the right people onto it. You know the paranoia that we talk about yeah. leaders having. Yeah. yeah. You know when they are at the top and wanting to control power. So yeah. he, it was alleged that he killed all these people, but he like disputed it and stuff like that. But come on, he's like they were just found dead. <laughs> they were, that's what basically Bro, what he's just like CDG. They were just, like, found dead. Yeah. Like, what are you it's talking about? It's natural causes. Natural causes. Like, Assassinate? And, no. <laughs> and around 1990, actually, um, the MPLA, MPLA troops were able to um, basically injure Savimbi, trying to kill him, but they uh, weren't able to do it. They were trying to kill him, but they didn't do it. But And then right after they, they did that... Where did um, they injure him? Do we know how he injured? How injured is he? So I think he wasn't that injured because he could still move. He traveled to D.C. literally a few months later to have a private meeting with President George H.W. Bush. They had a private dinner where they talked about issues concerning Southern Africa. And I was researching this to see what the hell they talked about. I could, it's off the book. Yeah, I couldn't really think, I couldn't find any information about what they talked about. Um, but at the same time, Do you he know also, what I think they spoke? What they talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think they talked about? I don't want to say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And think what I'm thinking is not a private dinner. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and that at the all. same time, he'd also paid a lobbying firm five million dollars. Today, it's I think it's around eleven point four million dollars to basically lobby for federal aid to portray Unita in like a favorable favorable light in Western media and to get support from politicians. And he was very successful. They gave him that man a lot of money, which is crazy because he all he spent a lot of that aid money that was supposed to go towards him for the civil war he used for his own personal expenses mm. he spent four hundred and seventy three thousand dollars in october 1991 that's nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars during a week-long trip to dc and new york on just himself announced yes. for his own personal expenses travel like to with a hotel yeah that's the four thousand four thousand three hundred four thousand seven four hundred and seventy three thousand dollars for i'm sorry in 1991 half a million dollars <laughs> oh my god basically so i heard four thousand dollars no and i thought to myself seventy three thousand dollars and i thought to myself okay you, you know hotel transportation flights four thousand could make sense could make sense however four hundred thousand seventy three thousand dollars in se- cool. 1991 that doesn't make sense Today, cool. that's 950000 A million. Oh, okay, almost gotcha. a million a dollars for a week-long trip. Gotcha. And um, Angola it's Givenchy, also... Givenchy, bro. It's Givenchy. <laughs> it's giving Givenchy. That's what it's giving me. And I think it's actually Givenchy. It's Givenchy. It's Givenchy? Yeah. Givenchy. It's not Givenchy? No. no. It's not Givenchy. No. How? Yeah. How do you pronounce Dior? Dior. It's not Dior? No. no. Oh, interesting. Goodness. <laughs> the money now. <laughs> and so in 1992, Angola held their first um, presidential elections between the 29th and the 30th of September. 
Dos Santos of MPLA received 49.57% of the votes, and Savimbi of UNITA won 40.6%. And as no candidate received more than 50% of the votes, it was a law that a second round of voting was supposed to happen. Uh, Savimbi was not about it. He just did not want to have to do the elections again. And he just couldn't accept that he could be defeated by the MPLA. So he decided to fight again. He decided to proceed with more guerrilla warfare because he just didn't want to go through a second round I'm just of curious, presidential though, elections. Like, where are they fighting? What, are, what do you fight? What do you fight? They're fighting in Angola. They're fighting no, in Angola. The is about Angola. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I've been here. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. I just mean like, who do you kill? Like, who are you? Do you go and be like, did you vote? Who did you vote for? Bang at your door, like door to door campaign. So they're fighting. Or like, what is this guerrilla? Fighting, the troops are fighting each other. And remember, like I said, any civilian is collateral damage in whatever, in the fighting that they're doing. They're just fighting each, the troops are fighting each other. It's, and so, it's so dumb. Keep I going. know. And in response to that, the MPLA retaliated with indiscriminate killing of UNITA supporters and civilians from the Ovumbu ethnic group. Who so were, literally, knock, knock, who'd you vote for? Bang. That's literally no, what it, that's literally indiscriminate, what it, right? Of yeah. UNITA supporters. That's yeah. what I mean. So civilians are literally going, knock, knock, they, who did you vote for? That's literally what they were doing. They had like, Kitchen knives, pistols, clubs, machetes, and were going door what? to door, door massacring to- anybody they suspected of being able of belonging to UNITA or being a UNITA supporter. Door to door killing people. That's how the MPLA responded to that. This is giving me some like not to be that guy, but like some Moses Egypt biblical What? Passover lamb. Blood on your doorstep energy. Yeah, so you know? You're comparing you're comparing them going to door to door to kill, kill people vo- like voters. Angel of death. Just making sure I'm Angel understanding. That's all I'm saying. And on that note. And on that note, MPLA supporters at the same time who were living. Gonna... <laughs> what were you gonna say? On that note, we have to take a break. Okay. <laughs> We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be right back. Now, Sarah and I are both journalists by training, and we've spent weeks researching each story that we tell. But history is written by the victors, and many times it's not written at all. If there's something we've shared that you want to challenge, drop us a DM on our Instagram page. We can't wait to hear from you. Back. So creepy. Do you do that for every episode? No, that was the first time I was trying that. <laughs> Did it work? Don't try it again. <laughs> you know, like the the flow of these episodes is like very interesting because we we batch record these. Yeah. And so, you know, over the day, the alcohol starts to hit differently. Um. Anyway, um. Before we jump back in, we're going to maybe potentially take a shot of Abasola's whiskey. I will say Abasola's whiskey is very strong. Abasola, you strong. Yeah. You a strong really black girl. Strong. It is. Yes. I think you guys don't drink whiskey often. No. Probably That's not. That's it. Because yeah. whiskey's but, strong. But like, where the where the target of this? I know, but that's the thing. Is you're getting used to whiskey. I had literally two old fashions yesterday. I was breezy. I was breezy. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I'd eaten no. so much too. I think so. Abasola is trying to make whiskey the drink of choice for women just going throughout the day, like a day drink, like a a light. You know, I'm having brunch, then I have my whiskey. 
You're supposed to sip on it. Yeah, keep you know, it going. Keep it just going. keep it going. Anyway, so we stopped at the fact that, you know, MPLA supporters were knocking on doors, looking for people to kill who were you need to support With kitchen knives. Kitchen knives and machetes, which is in. Can you just imagine? Door to door. Can hey. I just imagine being Mormons. killed by a kitchen knife? No, just, <laughs> just like. No, I door cannot. To door. They're like, hey. You vote for you need to okay i'd say no <laughs> i would say no i didn't it doesn't no, matter I did, I did i did it i would lock my door i would okay. lock my door i'd be like i don't support them <laughs> what i do in the voting booth is but what then I they do definitely the ask booth. you like a communist question and be like name three communist leaders and you'd be like uh, uh and you'd be sad be like, stop 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 by that point and so I'd um, be like, listen, I don't even vote. <laughs> Apolitical. <laughs> I don't believe in the political Lock system. that door and I would lock, lock that, that door. door. <laughs> yeah, they and would so, stab me definitely with the kitchen knife. And at the same time, MPLA supporters who were living in UNITA-controlled areas fled because they were afraid of retribution. So basically, they didn't want UNITA people to come in, go door to door to them and stab and stop them, them, stab them right back. Um, and so sometime between 1994 and 1998, the fighting kind of stopped with the signing of another agreement called the Lusaka Protocol. Yeah. And then remember I told you that Savimbi refused to do a, like another, a second round of elections because yeah. he was like, I don't want to be defeated by MPLA. So Hubris. they had like tried to negotiate being like, hey, do you want to be our vice president instead? Okay. And he was like, no, I oh. don't want to be vice president. <laughs> I feel like that's the move, though. Like, your vice president, president dies, you're president. Like, so assassinate. And from, he, this is the same guy who was killing off the... His, his, no. his party. His no. party. He oh. was the one that was killing the people in his party because so he I'm, was afraid of threats. Yeah, you're right. You're okay. judging. I'm not condoning violence, but radical solution for this guy. <laughs> Take the vice presidency and then assassinate. They all mysteriously. You didn't want it. Some cool. of you just wanted to be president. He I guess it's not. like the pride of it as well. A hundred percent had so to be long, the pride. They wanted to win. Yeah. So he didn't even want that. And so in 1998, Dos Santos is president and he initiates another offensive against UNITA because Savimbi was like, I don't want to be vice president. And that pissed him off. Are we in Act 3? We are in Act 3 right now. 1998. 2002 act three 2002 yeah lasted on 27 years this is giving us that's really wild wild. Yeah. <laughs> 1998 where was i technically in nigeria and then i was in canada by 2002 yeah what Damn. what age did you move from nigeria to canada one and a half wow oh, wait when are you born what <laughs> 97. <laughs> yeah. What month? Where was I when I was one? Oh, <laughs> you going? Wait, what month were you born in? I'm a Virgo. Okay. <laughs> we all knew I was a Virgo. <laughs> September. <laughs> and anyway, both, you know, MPLA and UNITA, they started to like really engage in the scorched earth type fighting at this point yeah and really targeting civilians which is really really bad you know they were going after who the civilians who supported whatever side 
Um, and you need so to, in particular, dead. they aimed to push civilian um, push civilian populations into MPLA held cities in order to stress their capacity to protect these people. Yeah, that's kind of smart. <laughs> not gonna lie, it's kind of smart. I'm not gonna lie. Keep and, going. Yeah, it was really bad at this time because they basically engaged in other like gruesome tactics like torture, mutilation, death by crucifixion, and abductions. By 1999, the number of people who were displaced by the fighting was 600,000. 600,000 people were displaced because of this fighting. 27 years. That's crazy. Do we know like, I guess not we because I don't know. Yeah. Do you know um, kind of what like the death toll of all of this stuff is yeah oh. i'm getting i'm we're, we're oh, I'm literally about climax, to tell you the bill the, that's the climax yeah that's the X3. i'm gonna tell you like yeah it's really bad um and so savimbi the leader of unita was killed by the mpla in february 22 2002 so that basically ended assassination the fight. yeah he was assassinated that was basically the end of the civil war with mpla coming out on top the MPLA, they signed another ceasefire agreement um, on April 4th, 2002, where UNITA conceded military defeat and they were basically integrated into MPLA, kind of. That's what that was. MPLA is demo- democratic, not democratic. Democratic, yeah. MPLA is <laughs> Today, democratic. Now they're democratic. They remember they were, they communists. were communists. I understand, I understand. But they're and at- tomorrow, we don't know what they're going to be. <laughs> But, like, at the time, that's interesting for the integration. Yeah. Which is also kind of, like, what UNITA, I would have assumed, wanted because they're capitalists and they're fed by the Americans. Yeah, but their leader was killed and they had nobody else to lead them. You were asking about the death toll? Yeah. yeah. One million people. Oh. And so 4.28 million people were displaced because of this fighting. One million dead. Isn't that insane? That's awful. You know what? This is killing for me, though. Yeah. It's just, like, kind of crazy because I feel like there's this myth I've grown up in the West. It's like, oh, Africa's always poor because Africa doesn't know how to get on its own feet. And I'm like, wow, like, maybe it's just because we were still fighting wars yeah. until 2002. <laughs> and the U.S. and the Western nations were out here chilling from the 30s and the 40s. Most of the 40s and the 50s. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, it's like, how do you develop if, like, from what I'm understanding, Angola to date would have spent more time since since its independence fighting, fighting. a civil war than yeah. not fighting a civil than war. Than not fighting a civil war. Like, where would America be today? Would we have Facebook if America was fighting a civil war up until 2010? I'm okay with us not having Facebook. Okay, but Twitter? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that as well. Right, I'm kind fine. of okay with that as well. <laughs> Clearly, you're not following in the shade room. <laughs> And today, the MPLA still runs the country. Yeah, the MPLA still run the, runs the country, and their current president is named Joao Manuel Gonzalez Lorenzo. Well, how are we feeling? What's everyone thinking? It's really sad. It's actually really sad. Yeah. It's actually really sad. I do like the three acts part. I still feel bad about the girl who got neglected, a.k.a. the third girl in the movement that got disobedient. <laughs> the FNLA. <laughs> I totally forgot the story. Exactly. Everyone forgot about them. Like, what if she had her side? Yeah. What if she had her time in the spotlight? Where would we be today? And it's also just like, it's just so like, 
it makes me feel it makes me like i said like really realize i'm like wow like angola and mm-hmm. so much of africa has been a proxy has been a battleground has been like a test ground right for so much of what the west has been doing so to much. get out its own aggression mm-hmm. and still suffering the consequences and then somehow getting the bad rap on its own like there's yeah. just no discussion of the fact that like you are instigating this yeah you are doing this you're, you're funding creating this, this. You're they're funding, funding this. this yeah and like just like oh my god i do agree with you in that like it is it's a long time to be fighting a civil war and it's a long time to be fighting a civil war for just to see who's going to be like on top on top yeah yeah 27 years is a long Long time time. yeah as long as i've been alive 1997 i'm just saying as long as i've been alive it's it's a long time it's a long time it is a long time it's a long time and for it to really have begun as soon as you got independence that's crazy and portugal left portugal's like all right cool portugal was like okay oil bye 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 (laughs) bye That was so surprising to me. Bye. No. <laughs> Lynn, I appreciate it. That was amazing. Thank um, you. Goodness. You are our favorite re- returner. Oh. I'm, I feel like I'm your only returner. <laughs> you yes. are. There it is. You are. <laughs> but we, no, we, we do. We love having you on the podcast. Um, I love seeing you both. You guys are so good at this. This is so, cute. like, educational for me. Like, Yeah, I feel yeah. like I've learned. I've I learned. feel smart. I don't feel smart. <laughs> I don't feel smart, actually. I feel, like, not as smart. Because I'm like, I didn't know this. But now I know it. So now, now you know it. Now I'm, like, technically smarter than I was an hour ago. Hey, yeah. that's all it's all about. Yeah. yeah. And we hope you are too, listener. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next episode. See you Bye. soon. Bye.